You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, we've got a really fascinating episode today, kind of a retrospective. You know, when we look back on the work of a somewhat recently departed UFO or paranormal researcher and cover the things that they discovered. And the reason we do that is because we don't progress anywhere in this crazy field if we don't understand what has come before. Otherwise, you have lots of young people who unfortunately repeat the same mistakes. I mean, there was a post in one of our forums just, I don't know, a week or two ago back where the poster was suggesting that maybe we don't want to hear about the 60-year-plus cases. And I can understand with Roswell that sometimes that has gone too far, although the Roswell slides is still something that is getting a lot of coverage and we have to keep up with what may or may not happen. But again, it's about learning the lessons of history. Otherwise, they repeat the same old mistakes. Am I wrong in that, Chris? No, I don't think you are. Um I think what's important for people that are, you know, coming into the field at this late date, especially younger people, they need to be pointed towards proper sourcing and shows like ours, uh, Mysterious Universe, uh, Micah Hanks show, uh, Greg Bishop's show. These would be good places to start going through the archives and getting yourself up to speed and keeping a, a, a notebook and a, and a pen handy so that when a book is mentioned, that uh, is being recommended by someone who, you know, you would think uh, being in the field for X amount of years that uh, the before mentioned folks would would have all kinds of recommendations for resource materials to bring yourself up to speed. I think Richard Dolan's new book, you know, UFOs in the 21st Century Mind is a, is a really good entry-level book that puts not only the ufological subject into a cultural context. It also puts it into a political context. And, you know, Richard has done a great job in that book. And, and of course, there are other books, too. Uh, get a copy of, you know, John Keel's Operation Trojan Horse, uh, I think, is is an excellent uh, entry-level book. The UFO Experience by J. Allen Hynek. You know, these are books that once you read these books, then it points you in particular directions into the realm of an Ivan Sanderson or a Len Stringfield. Some of the early pioneers in the field that have their work has so much uh, information and there's so much in there that a young person or somebody newly interested in the field could, could really sink their teeth into and, and get a real quick education. That way, when you tune into shows like the Paracast, you're not going to be sitting here scratching your head going, what are they talking about? <laughs> so, you know, another person that uh, did not write any books, but was one of our best researchers and investigators, and most importantly, one of our finest networkers uh, pre-internet was the subject of our show today, uh, Mr. Tom Adams, Thomas R. Adams, which I think uh, the R, we never could figure out what it stood for. He would never say, but I guess it's Richard. Well, you (laughs) know, a lot of times people have middle initials that have no real definition. Harry S. Truman, what did the S stand for? Stanislaw. (laughs) (laughs) Forrest J. Ackerman, the famed science fiction fan and critic and collector. Yeah, I I can't help you with that one. The Probably answer is not. that it didn't stand for anything. Oh. Oh, okay. So maybe Thomas R. Adams there. Well, we can't 
obviously call him back unless we get the Ouija board to work. No, unfortunately, yeah, it's, it's a real loss, but uh, we'll get into some of the uh, very interesting aspects of Tom's life and how instrumental he was for me personally. Uh, I, he was, I counted him among my most important and closest associates when it came to getting my lame ass up to speed when I first started out in 93 writing a simple article for my local newspaper. And who would have thought that all you had to do was sprinkle some water on it. And it was this weird kind of career that sort of came out of nowhere. But Tom was really instrumental. And our guest today, David Perkins, uh, knew Adams all the way back into the mid-70s, into 75. And uh, David spent a lot of time with him. They did a lot of road trips. And and we're going to get into some really you know, historical and very compelling information about their work and and how all this dovetailed to the next generation of researchers uh, among uh, whom I count myself. So this is going to be a, a bittersweet, but uh, we want to honor the man and, and not get too uh, too depressed at his passing. But uh, he was very, very important to me. I didn't know him well, but our paths crossed frequently because I work with people who worked with him and occasionally did have contact with him. So we'll leave it at that. Let's just catch up on a couple of things before we split for our break, and then we bring on David Perkins. Now, obviously, there's been a lot of interest in Chris's San Luis Valley camera project. You're getting a few donations, offers of help. That's moving along. Maybe you can give us a quick update. Yeah, we have um, a new person has stepped up. We lost our, 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 our initial base station location because of bandwidth issues. But a guy uh, has stepped up who lives east of Alamosa, has a just a wonderful view of Blanca and the sand dunes from his property. He works for Comcast, so he knows everyone in the valley that has anything to do with communications. He's going to be an invaluable member of the team. He's all excited about getting involved, establishing the base station at his property with the recording magnetometer, reporting gravitometer, um, our acoustic experiments, you know, obviously our, our EMF sensors. The all sky cam, the all important all sky cam, which will trigger, be the trigger point for for events for the other cameras to then wheel around and follow the action, and so this is a real a major uh, step forward. I also had a about a two hour talk with Mark D'Antonio, who of course, as many of our listeners know, was on the show uh, a short time back, and he's the chief video analyst for MUFON, but he's also uh, the right hand man in the uh, UFOTOG project with. With Douglas Trumbull. And that conversation was very interesting to hear the state of the art of their particular process of putting together hard data sensing arrays. Uh, they're talking about gamma uh, readers and cameras that go all the way to the infrared uh, and can be used during the daytime. Uh, just amazing amounts of uh, work that's going into their project. And we both agreed that we should dovetail our efforts uh, to some degree and help each other out. I made the joke to Mark, you know, too bad you don't, Doug, Douglas still doesn't have that Hummer because I could tell him where to park it. Because <laughs> I always felt that that was probably the big issue. He had this million dollar Hummer and was scratching his head trying to think of a place to park it. So I'm really, uh, you know, pleased to hear about their progress and pleased to finally get a chance to uh, get some quality time with Mark and, and go over some of the particulars. Um, some of the software applications they're going to be using may be made available and probably will be made available to um, other projects like like mine 
I, I'm really looking forward to, to a team approach at this. And it's exciting because this, to me, is a true step forward for the field. No one has ever done this before, to our knowledge. And this is going to be historic and groundbreaking. If someone wants more information about the San Luis Valley Camera Project, where do they check it out? We're going to get a site up uh, that'll have the streaming image from the array. But uh, prior to that, you can uh, contact me through the Paracast or you can contact me at Cobb, C-O-B, at T-M-V, which is, is the initials for The Mysterious Valley, T-M-V dot us. All right. C-O-B at T-M-V dot U-S, us. And no spam, please. Okay? Just a reminder. A reminder, too, that we have a second radio show that we do each and every week, and we've been doing it for close to six months now. It's called After the Paracast, but there's only one way to get it. Go to plus.theparacast.com, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. Sign up for our subscription. For Paracast Plus, you get After the Paracast, an enhanced version of this show, free of the network ads, higher quality audio. For a modest monthly fee, if you subscribe to a year or more, you get a free copy of the ebook version of Stalking the Tricksters from Chris O'Brien that he is generously donated to the cause. He could make money with that. But he decided to let us give it away. Plus.theparacast.com. Plus.theparacast.com. We remember Tom Adams with David Perkins and more. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Quantitative easing, unemployment at depression levels, Europe financial system falling apart, China getting out of U.S. treasuries. At the end of 2008, the time of TARP, the national debt was at 11 trillion gold, trading around $850 per ounce. Close to 2012, the national debt exceeded 16.4 trillion, gold doubled to $1,600 per ounce. The 20 trillion threshold for the national debt is inevitable. Politicians in Washington have a ferocious appetite for spending and stimulus. What's worse, a printing press to finance. A hundred years ago, we had a gold standard to limit this madness, but now you have to adopt your own gold standard. Don't be fooled with paper promises. Get Midas Resources 10 Reasons to Buy Gold free by calling 800-686-2237. Understanding the gold and silver market may be the only insurance you could have to avoiding the next economic crisis. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order your free copy. Again, that's 800-686-2237. Heart and Body Extract continues to receive positive testimonials from people who have experienced amazing results, like Reed. I just wanted to send you a quick but a very big thank you for Heart and Body Extract. 
I've been on the formula for nearly a month now, and the improvement in the circulation of my legs has been simply amazing. Reed was facing a tough choice. I was facing surgery due to the severity of the 100% blocked arteries in both my legs. And my decision, waiting for surgery to say no and try heart and body extract instead, has been thankfully the right decision. And the result? I can now walk up steps without noticeable pain. Order heart and body extract at 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. Heart and body extract for a long and healthy life. Did you know that drinking pure, high-alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high energy and vibrant health? Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of only the most alkaline minerals. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins, and helps you regain health and energy. Alkalizing your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps the body rid itself of acidic waste, increases oxygen content, and raises the pH of your body to healthy levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. This week on the Paracast, we remember another UFO paranormal researcher who is no longer with us, Tom Adams, who actually died last year. But it took a while before we all got the news. He wasn't somebody in the front of the headlines. He was one of those people who was like the worker bee, works behind the scenes, gets things done, and obviously interacted very closely with people like David Perkins, our guest this week, and Chris O'Brien. Also, my old friend Kurt Southerly, who's been on the PowerCast on a number of occasions, somebody that I worked with in the 70s and 80s, and he worked closely with Tom Adams. There was also another person who worked with Tom Adams, Chris, as you know, whom we've invited on the show on several occasions, but she, for some reason, never seems to be able to say yes. Or she says yes, but then you try to set a date. It never happens, Chris. What about that? Well, you know, when you're talking about Linda Howe, you know, I just don't know what to say or even how how to second-guess her motivations uh, to do things. Uh, I mean, Tom and, and David, I mean, really put her on the map with, with their just selfless help and, and uh, many hours of getting her up to speed when she first started in investigating for uh, the local TV station where she worked as an environmental investigative reporter. And she wanted to do a story on the cattle mutilation mystery. And of course, the first place that she goes to are the two top experts in the field at the time, David Perkins and Tom Adams. And you would think someone that uh, really owes a debt of gratitude to uh, such a selfless researcher such as Adams would like to get on and and possibly commiserate a little bit and and honor his memory and tell a few uh, 
few neat war stories, which I'm sure she had more than a few. And uh, I know David and I do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Linda's a busy lady. You know, I could kind of give her an out and, and stuff. But if, if it had been me, I would have made every effort to uh, get my schedule in, in line with a taping session. And I'm really disappointed that she didn't take us up on our, on our offer. So Linda Moulton Howe will not be here, but you know what? She's still invited. I know that there are areas where Chris and David disagree with her. I know I disagree with her. I think sometimes she accepts too many things. And that's unfortunate, but then, you know, she's entitled to her opinion. And there you go. And boy, does she have one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she does. I just wish she'd come on and express it and answer legitimate criticisms i mean she's a broadcast professional she's been doing this for what 30 some odd years as a broadcaster no 40 years pardon 40 years but who's counting well time flies when you're having fun but having worked that long i can't imagine that professional broadcaster would have problems answering any reasonable question that's just me anyway yeah david do you want to touch this one no (laughs) (laughs) okay but you know david i asked you a question and you answered i never had a problem with that right (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. oh hi gene hi chris and hi paracast people it's good to be back on the show all right well we'd love having you back boy we'd have you back a lot more if i could get get a hold of you and Pin you down. I know you're a busy guy. Thanks for being here. Uh, we'll we'll stay after it. Yep. We will indeed. Okay, let's talk about the real thing here. Okay. Tom Adams, how did you first encounter him? I, well, let's see. I, I, Chris posted uh, a piece that I wrote on your board there, uh, the late, great Tom Adams. And I recommend your listeners um, brush up on that particular piece because it does give a pretty detailed history of how we all got hooked up uh, back in the 1970s. But um, it was uh, when I started, I I was just thinking before the show, I basically started into this investigation almost 40 years ago, coming up uh, in this fall and, you know, fall of 75, Colorado was having, it was mute central at that point just hundreds of cases. And that's when I started getting interested, collecting clippings, interviewing ranchers, sheriffs, and so on. So uh, right off the bat, uh, the first one of the first names I ran into when, it, when I was out in the field was, uh, well, have you talked to Tom Adams? Well, have you talked to Tom Adams? And I was, who's Tom Adams? Oh, he, he's the guy that's uh, you know coordinating all of this stuff, and uh, he's, he's somebody you should definitely talk to. So I heard that so many times from, you know, sheriffs, ranchers, whatever, that uh, it wasn't long before I figured out how to get a hold of Tom Adams. And we hit it off uh, pretty pretty fast. Uh, you know, I could tell he was serious, competent, uh, and he was definitely somebody that I wanted to be in touch with. So I, I'm not quite sure when we actually made our first contact. It must have been in 76 is what I'm figuring. 1976, and then I don't think we actually met until either later that year or early 77, when uh, he and his uh, partner, um, Gary Massey, uh, made a trip up to Colorado to keep working on investigating the Snippy case in the San Luis Valley, 
I think that's the first time uh, that we met face-to-face, although we corresponded and talked on the phone quite a bit before that. So that got us off, off and running. Uh, he came by where I was uh, living in the community, Libre in Colorado. I think he was kind of vetting me. He was on his way over to uh, stay at Burl Lewis's cabin and meet up with some folks. Uh, Burl, of course, being the husband of Nellie Lewis, whose horse Snippy was the first classic mutilation, or you might say. They're having a little powwow up on the mountain over there. Uh, 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 let's see, in the Sangres overlooking San Luis Valley. There were some other folks there, Leo Sprinkle and Peter Van Arsdale and John Durr, who were all real early investigators into this stuff. Uh, so he dropped by to see me and see if I was okay to include in that group. And uh, he said, well, why don't you come over and join us you know, the next day? And we're having an all-day session over there. And you uh, you got to come on over and bring your wife, Carrie, and we'll, we'll uh, all get together. So that's when we first uh, really started down this road somewhere right around that time. We, I haven't looked back, I guess. <laughs> 40 years later, I've never been closer to the answer. Did Tom Adams have a day job of any significance or what? Tell us more about the person. A job? You mean like a -a workaday world job? Kind of, sort of like that. Well, yeah, he did. Yeah, so yeah, he he had a job. Uh, His his main job, I'm not sure when he actually started that job, it was uh, working for a company that made the little crystal beads that you see on highway signs. It's kind of microscopic type uh, reflecting beads, which I always thought was a, kind of an interesting job, I guess. But he was, uh, he worked in the office. He was an accountant type. So that was, uh, that was his main livelihood. So he was a regular working stiff. Well, yeah. To explore the paranormal, which is true about a lot of these people who get involved. Something becomes their hobby quite often takes over their lives. David Perkins is joining us this week, a longtime paranormal investigator specializing in calendar mutilations. Joining Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, And the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know.
by now you may have heard a bit about bitcoins. But did you know bitcoins are now over an $8.5 billion market? And did you know that over 65,000 businesses now accept bitcoins? Listen, if you're already earning bitcoins or trying to make money in the bitcoin market, you've got to know bidbit.co. Why? Because bidbit.co is where you can easily receive bitcoins by selling and auctioning off your own personal items or promote business products and services for bitcoins. You heard right. Whether personal or business, you can now buy, sell, and auction your products and services quickly, easily, and securely for Bitcoin at BidBit.co, the first and only marketplace website to offer BidBit escrow, a proprietary technology which gives buyers and sellers security and peace of mind because all transactions are protected. Start today. It's free to join, free to post, free to auction, and free to bid at BidBit.co. Buy, sell, bid, or auction everything Bitcoin. That's www.bidbit.co. BidBit.co. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV this alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So Tom Adams, as many people who are down and dirty into the UFO and paranormal fields, was one of these go-to people. The person you go to if you want to get all the information about some of the great cattle mutilation mysteries. And David Perkins is joining us this week as they remember him. Chris, let me ask you the question, though. When did you first encounter Tom Adams? Well, um, again, like David, I think I mentioned several times on the show about the New Year's Eve party that I, I gave December 31st, 92. 
where towards the end of the party, every little group of people in all you know three rooms where people were hanging out, we're all talking about the same UFO sighting. And I don't think very many people knew how many others had actually also witnessed these two 100-foot ovals that came down out of the mountains, hovered over the town, and zipped off to the south. I was fascinated by this because I, I had been gone that weekend that had happened the prior Thanksgiving day uh, weekend. And I, I was really fascinated. And at the time, I was writing for a little local paper. And so I started taking notes thinking, hey, this could be a good story. And right as I was uh, bringing everybody together and telling them, hey, did you know these people all saw the same thing you did? And these people, somebody chimed in. Actually, Charlotte Heyer, I remember who it was, chimed in and said, oh, that was the same night there was a cattle mutilation down in Costilla County. Well, like David said, I've, n- I've never looked back since. And, uh, you know, I quickly uh, started making phone calls. The first phone call I made actually was to uh, Burl Lewis, who was still alive, living down uh, at the Great Sand Dunes uh, Country Club. He was actually the, the maintenance guy down there. And so uh, I had a, a pretty extensive phone conversation with him. And one of the first things he told me was, well, you know, you, if you really want to know about this stuff, you got to call them Texas boys, Tom and Gary. And I said, oh, yeah? And he says, yeah. And he gave me their, their uh, Tom's number. And he said, oh, and, and also that TV lady, uh, Linda, you, you should talk to her, too, because she knows a lot about this stuff. So, you know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm, I'm totally wet behind the ears. I, I really have very little uh, knowledge about the subject. Of course, I knew about cattle mutilations. I'd followed articles in the paper in the 70s when I was in, in college. And, and so I was kind of aware of the phenomenon, but I thought it was all ancient history. I didn't know these cases were still occurring. So uh, I called Tom, and uh, I'll never forget those first uh, few conversations. I spent many hours on the phone with him. And the, the first thing that uh, I really got loud and clear from him was that uh, this small kind of close-knit group of researchers and investigators who had been following this uh, and investigating these cases since the mid-'70s were hoping – someday somebody would show up in the San Luis Valley with uh, enough interest and motivation to do some serious field work. And so he was he was elated. You know, it wasn't until several years later that I found out that he had really pulled back from the field uh, in the early 90s, uh, from 89 through 92. Uh, he wasn't as active as he was. I think he was a little disillusioned. I think there was, um, you know, and we'll talk about some of the personal issues that he was also going through during this time period, but but I think I, I my enthusiasm and and my um, my ability to follow through with uh, leads that he gave me, uh, I think really impressed him enough for for him to get re-energized about this, and he he became my my go-to guy uh, for the next two or three months. At this point, David had lost his wife Curry and was in the South Pacific, so I you know Tom says as soon as Izzy gets back. You got to talk to him because he's right over the hill from you, know, over the mountains. He knew that we were going to hit it off, and, and of course we did. I count David amongst you know my very best friends, if not my best friend now. So uh, for those first couple of months, uh, through January, February, into March, he sent me thousands of pages of of research. And one of the things that I always wondered was how he managed to do so much copying on that poor copy machine that he used and abused at his job. I I have boxes and boxes of, of hard files, hard, you know, hard copy files that Tom sent me over the years, including every Valley Courier article that had a, a mutilation story in it. And there were dozens and dozens of them, Rocky Mountain News, uh, Denver Post, Pueblo Chieftain. 
he sent me reams and reams and reams of material and it just overwhelmed me with all this stuff. And I read every single thing that he sent me. And I got probably the quickest education in this particular subject of the unexplained livestock death phenomenon. I got the quickest education probably in in history. (laughs) And then, of course, when when David Perkins uh, showed back up over at Libre, I spent hours and hours on the phone over the next couple of months with David. And then and then the big day arrived. It was the 25th anniversary of the Libre uh, community. I kind of invited myself over and brought my band. And so uh, this was my first chance to actually meet uh, David and meet uh, Tom and meet Gary. I think I stayed, what, David, about four or five days <laughs> at home, grabbed my brother, and we spent another week there, I think. I spent almost two weeks there. Well, you know what's going to happen? Having admitted that, Chris, David's going to send the bill. <laughs> right. I thought you'd never leave, man. <laughs> now, vast question here about Tom Adams. Did he ever explain to either of you what attracted him to these strange fields of study? Uh, Chris and I were talking about this a little while ago. We were trying to track that. And I was uh, I came across the information uh, that he uh, refreshed my memory, that he had first come to the San Luis Valley 1970. Uh, and ostensibly, that was part of a, some sort of uh, what I understood to be a school program. He and Gary Massey were both students at, I believe it's uh, East Texas State University in Commerce, Texas. Right. Uh, and somehow as part of their coursework or Tom's coursework or some sort of uh, scholastic endeavor at the time, he he came to San Luis Valley, and the purpose was to study the effects and the aftermath of a so-called paranormal event on a small community, which is basically a piece of sociology. Uh, and I, I, Chris and I were talking about it. It's like, well, where did he come up with that idea? How do you even know about Snippy in 1970? I mean, uh, something must have been simmering there, and I really don't know what it was. I think uh, there was a lady named Ross Henderson, who I believe was associated with that school, a little older. And I think she had, uh, I knew her, she had an interest in the paranormal. And I think she and Tom gravitated to each other at that time. And then, Chris, uh, you were talking about uh, uh, Lonnie Furbay? Yeah, Furbay. Um, he's the one that did the ex- one of the most extensive uh, interviews with Nellie Lewis uh, back just after the case broke and hit the papers in the fall of 75. And, uh, you know, I reprinted that that entire interview in uh, the Mysterious Valley and uh, in portions of it in Stalking the Herd, if I remember correctly. And I think, you know, because Lonnie, I think, went to the same school, East Texas State, as Tom, I think there may have been a connection there as well that may have exposed Tom early on to the Snippy case. And I remember him telling me that he had wanted to come to the Valley uh, prior to 70, but, but this was, this was the only, you know, the first real opportunity that he had to actually make it out there. And, you know, one thing we should stress here is, is, you know, when, when you, when you talk Tom in the seventies or eighties, you got to mention Gary Massey. Gary was one of the most colorful, uh, you know, just, I mean, I, I just, whenever I think of a Texan, Gary Massey <laughs> springs to mind. Tom was more quiet, uh, he had a soft accent. Gary had a very strong accent, was extremely flamboyant, big cowboy hat, the cowboy boots. And, you know, he 
he had all those Texas, uh, you know, analogies. Like it's like a cow, cow pissing on a flat rock when he talks about <laughs> about a rainfall. You know, he he was just filled with these colorful uh, uh, axioms and witticisms. And and these two were like a, a dynamic duo. Tom didn't drive, and we we never really could figure out he didn't drive. He didn't drive. I don't even think he ever had a license. He may have, but. It, it was anybody who knew Tom knew about this. And so if Tom had to go anywhere and like do a, a road trip or something, of course, Gary, Gary had his van, what do you call the, the beast or something? Uh, you just call it Thang. Oh, Thang. Right? <laughs> well, you know, we'll continue with this Thang <laughs> in just a moment. David Perkins joining us. We're talking about the late Tom Adams with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. If the IRS has garnished your paycheck or seized money from your bank account, you need to get professional tax help now. Fast action is required to put a halt to these aggressive IRS collection tactics. You can count on the knowledgeable team of tax professionals at Wall & Associates. With over 30 years of experience, Wall & Associates has settled the tax problems of thousands of taxpayers for a small fraction of what they owed. For a free face-to-face consultation, call 1-800-425-4610 to put a wall between you and the IRS. 1-800-425-4610 or look for us on the web at wallandassociates.net. We solve tax problems. If you hire Walland Associates today, you'll never have to talk to the IRS again. To stop the levies and seizures today, take action now. Call Walland Associates at 1-800-425-4610. Wall and Associates. 1-800-425-4610. Based on actual cases, results may vary. Not a solicitation for legal services. Registered pharmacist Ben Fuchs ensures he gets the best use of his mineral supplements by using Longevity's Ultimate Enzymes. If you start a nutritional supplement program and you find that you get loose stools more than you get any benefits from the supplements, there's a good chance that you're not absorbing the minerals. Now, here's the thing about minerals and mineral absorption. You need to have a functioning fat system. You need to have functioning bile. You need to have a well-functioning liver and a well-functioning gallbladder in order to get the benefits from nutritional supplements with minerals. It's very common that as we get older, we don't absorb fats, we don't utilize fats, and then you won't be utilizing or absorbing minerals either. I would be getting on the ultimate enzymes from Longevity. I'd be making sure I was taking them with all my meals. To get optimal use of your nutritional supplements, order Ultimate Enzymes. 
from Longevity by calling 866-735-2470. That's 866-735-2470 or on the web at brightsidebed.com. That's brightsidebed.com. Order today. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Yeah, I wonder about somebody who is specializing in paranormal research and doesn't drive. And I can see their reasons for that, you know. Not everybody has a temperament to drive, or maybe he had an accident early on, didn't want well, to pursue it. There was maybe all sorts of reasons we don't know. Tom Adams geez. with Gene and Chris and David Perkins. I wanted to kind of ask you an interesting question here. Now, we know that a lot of people in the UFO field who get deep and dirty into investigations at one time or another getting into cattle mutilations and such, encounter Tom Adams. I did not that often, but I did. And other people I knew encountered him. But when you look up Tom Adams online, the closest you come is a British actor who died last year named Tom Adams. Isn't that curious? There's not much about him to be found. That's true. That's true. And uh, just to go back to the driving thing, I, I covered that in the little... Uh, uh, obituary, I guess you'd call it, that you ran on the Paracast board there about Tom's, uh, this I got from Gary. Apparently when Tom was a teenager, he took a driving course and uh, was uh, driving around with an instructor and something happened. We don't know what it was. Some sort of incident that was terribly humiliating to Tom. And he came back after that and told Gary, I will never drive a car again as long as I live. And he didn't. Uh, I mean, talk about idiosyncrasies. Sometimes, you know, people have those those things. They just get hung up on it, and something was really, really humiliated him. You know, but, I understand the impact, though, and I'll give you a, a reason for this. I was maybe 10, 12 years old. I was learning how to swim at a summer camp in upstate New York. And at that point, I was a little bit overweight. Right now, I weigh about five pounds less than I did when I was 18. I have a normal weight. But I was overweight as a 12-year-old kid fat Jewish boy from Brooklyn, New York. And I tried to learn how to swim and something happened. I jumped into the water and my back hurt and somebody had to rescue me. I never swam again. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you got to do a lot of swimming on this show there, Gene, but uh... (laughs) well, that's because I have people like you that cause that to happen. I'm kidding. But you know, we've been swimming here. Fine. We keep our heads above water kind of barely sort of, but I understand that some kind of trauma can happen where you don't feel like driving ever again. 
Yeah, and Gary loved to drive. He was your classic cowboy pickup truck driving fool. I guess it's okay to say he usually had a cold beer between his legs at all times, as they do in Texas. Uh, a cold Lone Star. Lone Star. But that was Gary's role. He was the man that drove the truck through thick and thin, and uh, Tom sat in the passenger side with all his maps, you know, and charting out everything and trying to figure out where to go, what to do. He was, you know, the logistics guy. But they, they had uh, different characteristics and traits, but they really seemed to match up well. They complemented each other very well in what they were doing. And they could be, you know, good cop, bad cop, or they could do, you know, just play just about any, any role that you wanted them to play, whatever the situation demanded. So it was, it was a good uh, partnership. Definitely. And, and one thing that I think we should stress uh, pretty early on here is the incredible intellect that Tom had and, and a, a truly uh, verging on, I mean, exceptional photographic memory. He could pull names, dates, uh, times, descriptions, uh, just out of thin air. It just magically always stunned me at how Effortless, uh, his recall, his ability to recall facts and figures and names and stuff uh, was was really uh, that fact alone, I think, was one of the most uh, impressive things about the man. He, he really had a file cabinet uh, for a mind and was able to to pull files out at will uh, just by, you know, instant recall. Uh, and David, I, I'm sure you, you'd like to comment about that, too. Well, be- yes, indeed. Uh, it was phenomenal. I. I always used to tease him that he had a mind like a steel, whatchamacallit. <laughs> but he, uh, he, he was, uh, uh, yeah, I, I've never seen anything like it really in my whole life. Anybody, you know, people talk about photographic memories. And uh, I always think, yeah, yeah, whatever. But uh, it was some kind of special talent or gift. Uh, I, I don't quite know where to put it. Uh, Somebody, somebody that could do that, that could just pull those dates, times, places, faces, names, anything you want. It was at his fingertips at all times. I mean, you and I are pretty good, David, but compared to Tom. Wow, really? Really, it was phenomenal. And he was always like that all the time I knew him. I mean, he never faded. He was a hard person to play Trivial Pursuit with. (laughs) He could remember every sitcom character for anything that he'd ever run across in his whole life and he was just voracious in his his reading and uh, acquisition of information i mean he was just almost you know scary yeah <laughs> he, yeah, he, he probably would have been banned from uh, money trivial pursuit right. Uh, <laughs> right. the only time i ever lost a trivial pursuit was when you and i were partners against him and gary and he answered all the questions right just right. by one <laughs> Yeah, it was it was really something. Uh, don't quite know how he did that, where he got it, but he was he was so curious. And I think you're kind of touching on that about everything, and it's a, it's a wonderful quality in an investigator. You've got to be curious. You got to wonder about everything. I mean, and, and we've talked about this, Chris. Uh, in this in this realm, there's I can think of virtually nothing that doesn't potentially relate to the subject. I mean, if you're talking about, you know, Greek mythology or, you know, the latest advances in uh, biology or, you know, any of the hard sciences, the soft sciences, the classics, the 
you know, pop culture, all of it. It's just environment. Yeah, I mean, everything potentially relates. So you can, you really have to have an incredibly broad scope of of knowledge and be curious about virtually everything. Uh, it really is a helpful helpful trait, and he he definitely had that. Is there a reason why we don't have a body of written work from Tom Adams? Well, that is a good question. Uh, I never, I, I was thinking about that this morning. I, you know, I, I've got, like I say, everything that he has ever published. Uh, I've got it here, but it was, uh, he was a pamphleteer, you know, basically. And he contributed to, you know, hardbacks and this and that. And he was, he did a certain amount of, you know, TV, radio lectures. But he was just, it never felt compelled to, uh, to get it all together under a hardcover. Uh, I think he was in such fluid a state of flux all the time because the information was just coming in so rapidly and he was doing the best he could to get it turned around into some format like his publications, uh, his broadsides, his, the stigmata. And it was just uh, in and out, in and out, as fast as he could go. Yeah. And that, as a matter of fact, when we lost our communication, we were working on a book together, which was going to be the compiled all everything that he had published and I had published compiled into one unit with new material and photos and so on. And that was our our book publishing project. It was called Mute Testimony, and that's where we our paths uh, parted. Well, was there a falling out? How come you lost touch with him? Uh, no, there was no falling out. Uh, uh, we were, uh, uh, again, in, in the piece that you have on Paracast, I, I talk about that, that we were cruising right along. And uh, I was, uh, on my end, in charge of basically getting everything scanned into a, a format, you know, a digital format that we could work with and dealing with photos and photo editing and I was starting to run up expenses, and I told, I said, Tom, you know, there are going to be some out-front expenses here. I mean, we weren't sure whether this was going to be a self-published piece of work or whether we could get it into a you know, mainstream publisher or what, but I, I believe we both thought it was going to be self-published and self-promoted. But when I started running up the expenses and saying, well, look, I'll, you know, I understand you're in poor position right now to financially to deal with this but i'll i'll pay for this upfront stuff and then i'll take you know get paid back out of our first hopefully profits of the of the venture and i i think tom found found that a little humiliating that he wasn't pulling his weight and then i i put in in the piece on on paracast about that last letter that i got from him that he was you know in dire straits financially and he was going to have to withdraw from the field and he said, I missed the world, but I suppose it'll still be there when I get back. And, you know, meanwhile, giving me permission to carry on and just do the book on my own and, you know, abdicating all his rights in the project and saying good luck. So now, that, when was this? What year? That would have been, um, oh, geez. Uh, help me, Chris. What was that? I uh, think about 2002, maybe late yeah, 2001. That, okay, you're right. You're right. It was 2002. Okay, we'll have more to talk about Tom Adams, his work, and we'll explore more of what he did since there is no big published record of it. David Perkins joining Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. (laughs) 
free from the shackles of corporate America. We're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. By now, you heard about Bitcoins. But did you know that over 65,000 businesses accept Bitcoins? Listen, if you're already earning Bitcoins or trying to make money in the Bitcoin market, you've got to know BidBit.co. Because at BidBit.co, you can receive Bitcoin by selling your personal items or business products. You heard right. Whether personal or business, you can now buy, sell, and auction your products quickly, easily, and securely at BidBit.co. That's B-I-D-B-I-T.co. BidBit.co. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Hi, my name is Scott Fuchs, teacher and rowing coach for over 14 years. I was sluggish, overweight, on prescription drugs, and only 30-something. Fortunately, I was referred to Dr. Z, and happy to say Dr. Z's all-natural protocols over a consistent course resolved my health issues. I'm in the best shape of my life, and most importantly, on zero medications. I'm Dr. Zdanowski, author of Evology, trained as a primary care physician, surgical manipulation under anesthesia, expert in nutrition, diet, weight loss, immune system, and I specialize in chiropractic. My 15 years of professional experience has taught me the four keys to vibrant health, a balanced muscular skeletal system, an integrated nervous system, a flowing lymphatic system, and a body filled with over 90 essential nutrients. This has been a secret too long. Actualize your potential, reverse disease. Call me, Dr. Z. 201-945-1177-201-945-1177 EvolveYourself.com Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We honor the memory of Tom Adams, one of the key contact points in UFO research, especially cattle mutilations with Gene and Chris and David Perkins. Remember our second radio show after the Paracast. To learn more, you go to plus.thepowercast.com, P-L-U-S.thepowercast.com. That's where you sign up for Paracast Plus. You get after the Paracast, the enhanced version of this show and Video stuff to come. We also give away a free copy of Chris O'Brien stalking the tricksters if you subscribe for one year or five years. Plus.theparacast.com. So, David Perkins, when we left you in our previous segment, you mentioned the fact that you and Tom Adams, as of about 2002-2003, were preparing this book and he had to kind of withdraw because of his personal issues. Now, is that it in terms of contact, or were you in touch with him regularly after that? No, there was no further contact. Oh, it was very disconcerting. Uh, yeah, boy, that's but, an understatement. Uh, to, to Chris and to me, to Linda Howe, to Nancy Talbot, all these people that were close friends of his, and they were doing the same thing I was doing. It's like, hey, you know, it's okay. Uh, call me back. Uh, write a letter back. And, 
It was just dead radio silence, you know. Uh, and so uh, we all you know, would consult with each other. It's like, what's going on? What's going on? And we could never figure it out. But we eventually, all of us came to the same conclusion, I guess, which was it's obvious that he doesn't want to be contacted. And let's respect that. And let's hope that whatever this is that he's going through uh, will, you know, subside and be resolved and he'll come firing back on all cylinders, but he never did. Yeah. Yeah. And we have, we've speculated as well uh, as to the possible uh, causes of him completely pulling back and away from the field. And, you know, I remember distinctly the last time I saw Tom and, and Gary actually was um, in December, 1999 at uh, David's house in Santa Fe and I remember, you know, Tom was, was kind of withdrawn and quiet, and he seemed pretty frazzled. He seemed burnt out. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what he was going through at the time, but he, he seemed a little bit quieter than normal, uh, preoccupied. Uh, of course, I had made a bet that first night that I had met Tom, Gary, and David uh, up at Libre at the party there. Uh, <laughs> I had bet Gary a case of beer that someone would be charged with the crime of cattle mutilation before the end of the decade. And that was, uh, you know, <laughs> seven years. I figured in seven years, we're going to be able to get at least one person charged. And so we bet, bet a case of beer of, of the others choosing, the winners choosing. And I remember thinking it was about a week before, <laughs> before New Year's 2000. And, and I had a chance to meet Tom and Gary down at David. So, Man, it took some doing. I'll tell you, it's really tough in Colorado to find Lone Star beer. There's just something about Coloradans and, and Texans. Uh, it's like oil and water. And, and I'll tell you, it was rough. I And I paid a lot of money for that case. But I brought that case down, and I paid off that bet. <laughs> and that was the last time I ever saw him. I think I may have talked to him once, maybe twice um, after that. But uh, I'm still scratching my head. We We really don't know what happened. There are some indications, possibly, that he he just kind of lost it and uh, got really paranoid, possibly. Uh, and then there's the very strong likelihood that he became a born-again Christian, which um, we don't know this for sure, but there, there are some indications that that possibly is what happened. But I don't know, David, what, you know, what do you think? Did you yeah, notice think, anything about him? Yeah, I think, uh, as I said in my little article there, it was the perfect storm of factors. Uh, but it just came so suddenly, which is, uh, you know, it's one thing when you burn out, it kind of takes a while. You don't burn out overnight. But uh, it just was black and white. Boom. Gone. Uh, and it was, um, I don't know, the paranoia, uh, paranoia could have entered into it. Uh, the financial thing was just a huge, huge factor. He just felt so crippled that he couldn't go to the conferences and had to depend on his friends for this and that. And. Uh, then, you know, he'd been through a relationship, a marriage uh, with Krista Tilton, which uh, left him a little beat up, I guess you could say. Uh, he was emotionally fragile in some ways, I think, you know, I just have to characterize it that way. That he wasn't, uh, you know, completely worldly in the realm of human relationships and especially romantic relationships. As far as I know, Krista was his first ever romantic relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Tom and romance just don't seem to yeah, it's be in kind the of same a, ballpark. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he was, uh, so absorbed in his work and, 
he just wasn't particularly interested in, in romantic type of stuff. And uh, he had his close friends and he valued them just like we all do. But uh, that was a whole new game for him. He was, he was out of his comfort zone, I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah. So I think all, all of those factors kind of just uh, brought him to that point where I think maybe he, he stopped and just said, okay, uh, I'm going to stop for now and try to regroup myself. And then the more time went by, he found that he couldn't re-enter the field. And I just got this feeling that he just didn't want to go, to, for instance, to a conference. And everybody said, gee, what's been happening, Tom? What about, what's up with Krista? How, how, what's up with this? What's up with that? And he didn't want to have to answer all those personal questions. It really made him uncomfortable. Yeah, he was very private. You how know, did you put together his final years then? Or did you? Just you learned really that he happened. died and that was it? Well, yeah, we, we've just been kind of piecing it together. He, he, found, he went to work at the Dollar General store, which I think he found humiliating. And he just seemed to be a complete workaday guy. I, you know, one, th- one detail that came to us from uh, his relatives there in, in Paris, Texas, and they said, well, after he died, uh, they went to his uh, apartment and his desk was uh, covered with letters from People like me and Chris, for instance, and investigators that were just unopened. He never even bothered to open them and see what was in them. And, and I thought, wow. Hmm. So he, he just didn't want any part of it after a certain point, whether it just uh, he found it all humiliating or he didn't want to answer those questions or he'd come to a dead end or uh, he realized that he couldn't afford to pursue this quixotic journey but i mean as chris and i know this is you know the, the payoffs here are not going to be great the likelihood of success is actually fairly low and so you have to have some pretty elaborate justifications to keep on going and it's not money and it's not fame and it's you know to me it's personal curiosity is all it's eventually boiled down to i'm not even all that concerned about conveying it to the world you know right uh i just really would like to know personally but, you know, somebody said, well, we'll tell you the answer, but you can never tell anybody. It's like, okay, I'll take that. <laughs> it's not, it's not, not the, uh, you know, the best cocktail uh, party subject uh, <laughs> right. to dive into. Uh, you, there's very few people that you can really share uh, this information with without them looking at you kind of strangely. And, you know, th- this leads us to uh, a question that we have on our forum from one of our top posters, Burnt State, uh, from Canada. And... First of all, he acknowledges the uh, the tribute, David. He says, that was a very heavy tribute, and it's permeated with a lot of sadness. I have always found the cattle mystery to be a very disturbing thing. There's such a brutality to it all. What motivated Tom and all of you to persist in such dark spaces? I imagine a strong sense of Fortean inspiration and humor must have been essential ingredients. <laughs> Boy, that's an understatement. Yeah. Let me remind you, in case you haven't heard, we actually have a second radio show related to the Paracast called After the Paracast, and it's about color commentary, special additional interviews, and more. And the only way you can get a copy is to subscribe to the Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com. That's P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. A modest subscription fee. You also get a higher quality copy of the Paracast with 41 minutes of network ads removed. It's only $5 a month, 50 a year, 175 for five years. Plus.theparacast.com. Don't forget, if you subscribe to the Paracast Plus for a year or more, you get a free copy of Stalking the Tricksters and Chris O'Brien. Plus.theparacast.com. 
Let's do our break here, and we'll have David Perkins answer. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Hi, John Hubner from Midas Resources. Are you tired of watching your hard-earned assets dwindle away? As government spending is out of hand and the Federal Reserve is creating in excess of $20 billion a week, are you tired of stockbrokers gambling away your hard-earned money? Is this market a setup for a crash greater than 1987? Too many of today's policies resemble those that led to the collapse of 1929. This is John Hubner, and that was me in 2007. And we all know what happened when the subprime credit bubble burst. By March 2009, the dollar lost 50% of its value. The entire U.S. banking system was on the verge of collapsing. Like all financial problems of the past, is history about to repeat itself? Call me, John Hubner, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 129, before it's too late to protect yourself. Will the oncoming catastrophe take all private IRAs, 401ks with it? There is a way to protect your hard-earned assets. Call me, John Hubner, at one 800 686 2237 extension 129. If you constantly feel run down and tired, your pH level might be low and your body could be full of toxins. If what you drink is not at a pH level of 8 or higher, you are inviting bacteria and acid to thrive in your body. But there is something you can do. Simply add 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops to your water to help your body rid itself of acidic waste, increase oxygen, and raise your pH balance to optimum levels. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops combine a unique formula of the most alkaline minerals in the world. Alkalizing the water you drink, ridding your body of acidic waste and toxins, and helping you regain energy and vibrant health. And studies show viruses, bacteria, and toxins cannot survive in an alkaline, high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. 
With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shields law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So we are honoring the work of the late Tom Adams, who kind of exited from the paranormal field, what, 12, 13 years ago but did a lot of work and interacted with many people. We had a question on the table from Burnt State, who, of course, is one of our very frequent and prolific forum posters and an occasional presence on the show. David Perkins, you had a response? Well, in terms of uh, what keeps us going in that dark space, uh, it's, it's my own personal attitude that whatever is behind the mutilations is very significant. And that includes everything from misperceived predator kills that creates a meme, that creates a belief system, uh, all the way to it's aliens doing it. I mean, there's a huge spectrum there, obviously. But whatever it is, it's important that we understand what it is. I think it's important to our future. And this, this is something that's really unshakable in, in my mind, that it is not insignificant. Was there much of a family there? You said he had a relationship that didn't work out, but he never married? Well, they did marry. Uh, I actually got to poking around recently, and because I was never entirely sure that they had technically married. They you know, presented themselves as a married couple. But sure enough, they did get married, and they did get divorced. So uh, that much we know for sure. I have those records. But he didn't have any siblings. Uh, his mother was an invalid. Uh, she lived to be at least 100 years old, his mother. And the last 30 years of her life were in a pretty uh, invalid state. That weighed on him also. That was another one of those perfect storm factors uh, that uh, must have had some effect. But uh, he, he really uh, didn't have, a, in terms of a nuclear family, much going on there. Yeah. Uh, I think you should mention, too, that because of his uh, inability or absolute, uh, you know, just refusal to drive, his mother literally had to drive him to work every day and he would arrive early so that nobody saw that his mom was driving him to work, which I always thought was kind of strange. Yes. There, that's the idiosyncrasies that I'm talking about, but uh, uh, which we will probably never be able to plumb those depths, you know. Uh, what we know is what he produced and what he gave us and what he meant to us and the role that he played in ufology, mutology, if you want to call it that. Uh, This was his family, basically. Let's begin to talk here, folks, more about the cases he worked on with you guys, because that's where he'll be remembered more so than his personality and the quirks and all that stuff. So, 
long and short of it, and I'll ask you, David Perkins, this question. What do you think is the most significant case he was involved in? In terms of mutilations, uh, he was involved in a lot of cases. He branched out into all kinds of stuff. Uh, I mean, into abduction research, uh, cryptozoology, uh, ufology, obviously huge. But I, I was just thinking uh, the, the piece that I covered in my, my little obituary there, uh, which I was just looking it up, and that was uh, April 23rd, 1978, Dulce, New Mexico, which is today is the anniversary of that event. But <laughs> the first time I ever I went out with him and Gary and uh, to look at a mutilated cow. Uh, that was... Um, that was very interesting. Uh, we hooked up with state policeman Gabe Valdez, and my wife Carrie was there. Uh, as a matter of fact, the, the synchronicities of it were very peculiar because we were all up at Burl uh, Lewis's cabin at the time, just having another one of our little get-togethers. And we were all just ready to leave and go our different ways, and phone rings at Burl's. It's Gabe Valdez. You know where those guys are? If they're around, i got to come see this. We were just minutes from leaving, and it would have been impossible to pull back together. Uh, so I thought, wow, this is kind of interesting. It's almost like it's being done for us, you know? So we all piled in Thang <laughs> and drove down to Dulce and went out and looked at this animal. And uh, it was... Um, it was just a phenomenal thing to see. We all explored it together and discussed it with Gabe. And it was one of the, those cases where something unusual had happened. I mean, whatever it was, it was very unusual. And Gabe was all excited about the, what he called the clamp marks on the back hind legs of this animal. The animal looked like it had been dropped from a thousand feet or something. It was just crumpled. Its back was broken. Its legs were broken. Its horn was driven back into the side of its head. Uh, and boy, I mean, something of terrific force <laughs> had uh, interacted with that animal. Man, it must have been a pissed off coyote, boy. Yeah, really, man. And uh, then Gabe took us over to the road. It was one of those hard packed adobe New Mexico roads, and there were these three pod marks, he called them, indented deep into that really hard soil, like something very heavy had set down there. And uh, so it had all of those those characteristics going for it, and uh, and I remember thinking, "Wow, this is definitely not a predator. Whatever it is, I don't know, but this is it would be hard to come up with any kind of rational, logical explanation for what had happened to that animal." So I mean, that that whole scene is just burned into my brain. I'll never forget that day, and uh, and we really bonded all of us that day, I think, and we realized, boy, we're, we're dealing with something that's very strange. And it should be the 40th anniversary of that, uh, that trip. Yeah, geez. Uh, yeah, well, so we didn't, and Tom and I didn't actually go out together and Gary and look at that many, what we call fresh mutes. I mean, it's just, you know, we live so far apart. And uh, uh, so... Much of what Tom did was was basically calling sheriffs and getting the photographs and getting the vets' reports and rooting all that stuff out and putting it together and publishing it and moving on. So, yeah. It was a shame that Tom never became computer savvy because he, before the Internet, was, you know, beyond amazing in terms of a networker. 
he put everybody in touch with everybody else. He had a huge network of, of law enforcement and ranchers that he would constantly be keeping them up, up to speed on what else was going on. Uh, he was kind of the clearinghouse. He was the central sort of hub uh, for people, especially law enforcement in the ranching community, to uh, dovetail their efforts. And a lot of this went through Tom. It was uh, very fascinating going through all those Stigmata magazines and seeing how many people uh, were in touch with him and and how important he was in keeping the law enforcement community up to speed on, on, on other cases and keeping the ranching community up to speed and telling them who to go to, who to talk to. And uh, I, I felt that that was probably one of the most uh, amazing jobs of networking that I've seen uh, before or after the internet. I mean, the guy really was uh, dazzling with his ability to put people in touch with one another and to keep everybody informed. We will keep you informed more about the work of Tom Adams in our next segment with David Perkins. And with Gene and with Chris, you're in the Paracast. independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Did you know that drinking pure, high-alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high energy and vibrant health? Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of only the most alkaline minerals. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins, and helps you regain health and energy. Alkalizing your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps Helps the body rid itself of acidic waste, increases oxygen content, and raises the pH of your body to healthy levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. 
By now, you may have heard a bit about Bitcoins, but did you know Bitcoins are now over an $8.5 billion market? And did you know that over 65,000 businesses now accept Bitcoins? Listen, if you're already earning Bitcoins or trying to make money in the Bitcoin market, you've got to know BidBit.co. Why? Because BidBit.co is where you can easily receive Bitcoins by selling and auctioning off your own personal items or promote business products and services for Bitcoins. You heard right. Whether personal or business, you can now buy, sell, and auction your products and services quickly, easily, and securely for Bitcoin at BidBit.co, the first and only marketplace website to offer BidBit escrow, a proprietary technology which gives buyers and sellers security and peace of mind because all transactions are protected. Start today. It's free to join, free to post, free to auction, and free to bid at BidBit.co. Buy, sell, bid, or auction everything Bitcoin. That's www.bidbit.co. BidBit.co. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We continue with our retrospective of Tom Adams, who passed away last year, but had worked in the UFO and paranormal fields for several decades and the people who knew him, at least two of those people are with us, of course, our own Chris O'Brien and David Perkins. And the thing that Chris was talking about here was the remarkable ability of Tom Adams to network with people. You know, his biggest function, kind of the go-to person. You want to know something about amazing, strange, or frightening events, you go to Tom and he'd hook you up with other people. And he did this without being a digital expert putting it all on computer. What do you do? Just write things down? Yeah, yeah. He was a consummate, consummate note taker. He, again, he did produce a publication called Stigmata, which was a usually a monthly, bi-monthly publication that was a roundup of all the prior month's cases and the state of, um, you know, what, you know, where older cases, where their investigations uh you know, were he would give updates on on older cases and 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 what we were finding out from pathology reports from law enforcement uh, going out and and digging up uh, other cases. It was it was like a giant jigsaw puzzle, really, that was all ongoing. And uh, the stigmata was an absolute invaluable reference uh, for me, putting together my timeline uh, along with David's help in stocking the herd. The whole section on the 70s and 80s relies heavily on Tom's work, and, and 
you know, I do st- stand on the shoulders of giants, as I've always said. I could not have done this without David's help and without Tom's help. And early on, uh, Linda was very instrumental in my process as well. She really uh, trained me over the phone how to properly interview people, gave me all sorts of really sage advice on uh, particular interviewing techniques and, and, and you know, the manner, sort of the bedside manner that one, one should develop. Um, and I think I've, I've taken all that information to heart. And I, I think I've turned into a pretty darn good uh, interviewer for people that have undergone, uh, you know, sometimes life-changing experiences and, and often frightening experiences. Uh, one thing that I must underscore here, and, and it refers back to Burnt State's question about, about the darkness uh, that <laughs> permeates this particular subject. This is not for, for everybody uh, by, by any stretch. And anybody who does get involved in this at one point or another is going to start to get paranoid. I think Tom's paranoia, I think, echoed my own back in late 98 and early 99 when I had some run-ins with some you know strange characters and you know, as soon as you start digging into uh, government secrets, then that, that's that's when you should start getting paranoid. Chris, I want to break in here because okay. you mentioned run-ins with strange characters. Yeah. Okay, let's tell the tale here. Well, I, I mentioned it on the Paracast on a number of occasions where um, I wasn't supposed to be home. I was supposed to be on the way to Denver bringing um, my girlfriend Isadora's daughter to her dad's. Isadora was away at a conference in Grand Junction somebody sawed my clutch pedal pad off or it it didn't look broken off. It looked like it had been sawed with a hacksaw and I couldn't drive all the way to Denver with a, a you know, a, an a arm of a clutch coming out of the floor with no pad on it. It would have, you know, gone right through my, my work boots, let alone sneakers. So I, I ended up having to leave my, my Jeep uh, parked away from the house and got a ride to the house. There were no cars in the driveway. And that night about three in the morning, four guys, Waltzed into the house, uh, talking full voice, uh, right on the other side of the bedroom door. I heard him going through my file cabinets, taking pictures off the wall. Uh, one of them went upstairs and checked the upstairs out. And Brisa normally would sleep in the bottom of the two bunk beds, but that night she was in the top bunk. And she hid under the covers and kind of peeked out. And she could see something silhouetted that appeared to be on the guy's uh, face, like night vision goggles or something. And so she just lay very still. And at one point, it, it it just got so freaky after about 10 minutes, maybe. I, it, it seemed longer, but it, I think it was only about 10 minutes. I kind of put on a fake sleepy voice and said, oh, honey, is that you? Complete silence and wham, they just zipped out of the house. And I remember Tom was was a little bit nervous about that. And, you know, at the time, I'd been looking into the underground base scenario um, as it may exist along the border with Colorado, New Mexico, uh, a, a very good source uh, who claimed he and a group that he was belonged to had had found the entrance to one of these facilities. I was getting ready to meet the guy, and and I got visited by the man in beige. I've told that story a number of times on the Paracast. Uh, director from the Institute of Social Architecture. I still have his card. <laughs> K Street in D.C. When people like this start turning up, I, you know, that, I think, was a red flag in Tom's mind. And I remember that he... He began to seem a little bit more conspiratorial, a little bit more, uh, you know, with a little paranoia, I think, tinged concern. You know, he thought his phone uh, was being monitored. Um, there was some talk about possibly mail being intercepted. So 
I, I think that was, may have been about the beginning of the downslide uh, into 99, 2000. Uh, I, I did notice a, a definite change around the end of 98, the beginning of 99. Did you feel then that maybe he was being harassed by one or more of these people? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, even if he had, I, I, I doubt he would have said anything, uh, but possibly. Well, what do you think, David, over all the years that you knew him? Uh, did Tom ever indicate that he felt that he was under any sort of, you know, overt uh, surveillance, let's say? Or did he ever kind of dive into the realm of, of paranoia with you? Well, it's a hard one. Uh, like, like you say, he, he didn't want to give that too much play. I think it was a general assumption on our parts at that time that our phones were monitored. Uh, we just sort of went on that assumption. I'm not quite sure why, but it just, you know, like you're describing the, the feeling of that, that period. And, uh, you know, you're talking about, you know, files and this and that. And I, I had uh, some of my files just disappeared, you know, at the house in Colorado, which I thought, well, obviously I misplaced them, but I didn't. And I know I didn't. They're gone. And, you know, there are no characters involved, but there again, you could say, well, you know, you misplaced them, you just think that. But, you know, there was a certain pattern to that, and uh, there was a certain, uh, uh, I don't know, there was a paranoia. I I think I told you the story, I don't think I've ever told it, about uh, my mother. And uh, it was right at the time when I was filing just massive Freedom of Information Act requests. And just poking after everything, you know, military bases. I was really interested in the 1975 overflights of uh, UFOs over the northern tier of, you know, nuclear bases, basically. All the way from uh, Malmstrom to, you know, Loring in Maine. Anyway, I was really going after it with trying to get government documents. Uh, Around this time, uh, my mother said, called up and said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm working on this. And uh, she said, well, you know, these two guys came to my house. She lived in Florida. She was a widow. And uh, they identified themselves as being from the office, Air Force Office of Special Investigation. And uh, they said, do you know where your son is? And she went, oh, no, haven't heard from him in a long time. I mean, you can imagine what she would be thinking. It's like, what is this? Uh, so... They said, well, we would really like to find your son and talk to him. And uh, she said, why? And they said, he's, I think of something, I can't come up with the exact quote. It was something like, he's tampering in affairs of national security. And she said, what do you mean? Well, that's all we'll tell you. And they knew damn well where I was, if this, you know, if they wanted to talk to me. But it just seemed like... uh, you know, kind of an odd intimidation. You go to somebody. Yeah, really kind of backhanded. Let me ask you a question here quickly. Do you think, David, that these were really national security types or other people pretending to yes. be what, what they claim to be? Good question, Gene. Good question. But if, uh, if they were these other people pretending, uh, yeah, then, you know, that starts us off on a, a whole other track. Why would they be doing that? That seems to be part and parcel of what happens in these fields occasionally. David Perkins with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Independently leading the way for the nation. 
Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TechNightOwl for a special discount. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Attention taxpayers, if you've received a notice from the IRS or state, do not ignore it. It's also a big mistake to try and handle your tax problem on your own. If you owe back taxes, it's a fact that the government has the power to take everything you own, including your home, business, wages, savings, and your freedom. But here's the good news. There's a special toll-free tax hotline set up especially for you. This tax hotline will tell you about new programs that are geared to help you dramatically settle, reduce, or eliminate what you owe. But you have to call now. Take down this number or put it in your cell phone. But call 877-345-7645. That's 877 877-3- 7645. When you call, you get free information on how you can reduce or eliminate back taxes, including penalties and interest. You can also be helped if you have unfiled returns, a tax lien, wage garnishment, bank levy, or if you have been entered into a payment plan but can't make the payments. Don't make the big mistake in thinking you can ignore or handle your tax problem on your own. You can stop the collection process immediately at 1-877-345-7645. That's 1-877-345-7645. 1-877-345-7645. Stress, like many conditions in a fast-paced society, is at epidemic proportions. And one of the most effective ways to support your body during periods of excessive stress is by replacing the nutrients expended during that time. De-stress contains large amounts of B-complex vitamins in addition to vitamin C, magnesium, and valerian root extract. For more information on this and other great products, contact Lady Talk Live at 855-333-5239. Majestic Earth's Beyond Tangy Tangerine contains no artificial sweeteners or preservatives and is glycemic friendly. This easy dissolving powder contains plant-derived minerals, vitamins, amino acids, and 115 fruits and vegetables. I can't think of anything better for you. For more information on this and other great products, contact Lady Talk Live 
at 855-333-5239. That's 855-333-LADY. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We're looking into not just the life of Tom Adams, but the things that happen to the people who work with him, such as our own Chris O'Brien and, of course, David Perkins. And I was asking David the fact that there were encounters with so-called government types. Were these really government types? Was the question I raised. This is a good question. But there again, if they weren't, uh, who were they and what was the agenda there? It was obviously to intimidate me in some way uh, through my poor old widowed mother down there in Florida to back off. But, you know, just to interject this, uh, around that same time in Florida, there was a rash of clowns coming to people's doors, right? I mean, you know, if you're a 40 and you're familiar with the, the evil clown scenarios. Would you explain this to our listeners? Because we're hitting something here that doesn't get widely reported outside of our little circle. Well, I, I, I'm not sure it's entirely significant, but uh, if in Fortean lore, there's there's a fair body of work of uh, so-called evil clowns, clowns that do strange things. I mean, there's even was a rash of them. Uh, I can't remember where it was. I think it was California in the last year or something. These clowns, and apparently they explained that it was some sort of performance art project by somebody or other. But uh, if you look on the internet. Google evil clowns, you'll you'll get a good dose of that. And there's some photos there that are very strange. But over the years, these uh, insane clown posses or whatever have uh, they show up? They do weird things. They they're in line with a lot of Fortean uh, type phenomena, you know, creatures, odd people doing odd things. But this is just one genre of the clowns. I was just looking at Wikipedia, evil clown. And they talk about the modern archetype of the evil clown has unclear origins. The stock character appeared infrequently during the 19th century in such works as Edgar Allan Poe's Hop Frog, which is believed by Jack Morgan of the University of Missouri, Rolla, to draw upon an earlier incident at a masquerade ball in the 14th century. I mean, it just goes on and on. Right. It's like really? endless stream here. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, go back and read Mothman prophecies again, and you've just got these cast of characters that sort of blends into the men in black, which is a very strong genre in ufology. So, were these guys men in black? And if you know, what is a man in black? What is that really? Is that a government agent or those aliens? You know, a lot of the descriptions are like, they don't have, quite have their costumes together or something, or something's really askew in their presentation and their appearance. So, you know, this is a branch that, that takes off. It's a, a vector off of the subject that we're on here. But uh, so you have to wonder, okay, I, I find it unlikely myself that any OSI guy is going to go down and bug my mother when they knew if they wanted to talk to me, I was very easy to find. So, uh, 
But they didn't talk to you. They worked around you to intimidate the people you knew. And it was intimidating. It's like, oh, geez, okay, well, I've sucked my poor old mother into this now. What with that? What's up with that? Uh, But uh, I think it's, uh, you know, like we're getting out here, this is more in line with uh, MIB, men in black type activities. Uh, So that, you know, you can't explain one unknown with another unknown. So it's just something that you, like Tom always says, well, we can't factor it in and we can't factor it out. He'd say that about everything. But he was fascinated with that kind of stuff. And, and so am I. It's like, well, this is something I just don't know where to put it. I really don't. But uh, yeah, there have been a host of strange characters, strange occurrences. Uh, but if you are of, a, are of a paranoid bent, uh, you could find plenty of material here to just freak you <laughs> out. Push you <laughs> the edge <laughs> but i i personally don't see it that way and i don't know why maybe it's just totally naive uh, that there is really danger lurking here but i don't think i don't feel it i don't you know something about this is is too theatrical and it's it's meant to uh, have the effect that it has on us and on society uh it does have some scary and dangerous uh aspects to it but if you're going to get absorbed in that, you're in the wrong field. You know, you should, uh, from my point of view, I just I take it for what it's worth, which is not a hell of a lot, and move on, you know. You have to watch out for people who take advantage of this. But, you know, the impression I got before is that for various reasons, Tom Adams maybe later in his life was intimidated by things like this. But you wonder why, after being in the field for so many years, being jaded, you have to be by the things that went on, what would it take to intimidate anybody? You, Chris, me, Tom Adams. Yeah, good question. Really good question. Uh, well, I, I think it might be a, an opening here for something I, I want to talk about. Uh, sure. Tom, Tom and Krista, his wife, uh, and their marriage. And it, it was a turning point for Tom, and it's a, it's a time that we're talking about, the, the time of this marriage from 1987 to 19... 19- what it was, 91, when they were divorced. Explain who Krista Tilton was for some of our new listeners. Yeah, so Krista uh, Tilton is a, an abductee world, is a pretty famous uh, abductee, claims to have been abducted on several occasions. Tom uh, hooked up with her, and this is, all comes through Wendell Stevens, basically. And I know you're both familiar with Wendell Stevens. Long story short, I guess, uh, I'm not quite sure how that connection was made where Tom and Krista first met. But uh, if you, on the internet, you will see probably numerous references to the fact that Krista was married to Wendell Stevens and that she married him while he was in prison. And we all know what he was in prison for. But uh, she claims she had married Wendell and then after they divorced, then she married Tom. She married Wendell in prison. And she told me one time, uh, she and Tom and Gary visited me in Colorado, at my house there. And she said, uh, told this story about on the way to, I think it was on the way to get married to Wendell in prison, that she was driving down the road to the prison and there was a mutilated cow by the side of the road. And she stopped and looked it over and said, yep, sure enough, mutilated, then went on to meet with Wendell. So... I was just looking at some material material this morning, uh, which kind of gave me a new insight about Tom and this intimidation factor or the fact that he was getting in deep into government, perhaps involvement or something. But 
uh, Krista and Wendell co-published a book uh, in 1988, I think it was, uh, called The Triad Experiment. It was called UFO Abductions of Women, The Triad Experiment. She used the name Krista Lee and co-author Wendell C. Stevens, 1988 in which uh, she details, uh, or Wendell basically does, uh, her abduction life going back to the early 70s. But in there, Wendell says that he, he discusses this incident at the Tucson airport uh, where something came over Krista and she went into a trance and it was somehow then conveyed uh, through her to Wendell that the supposed aliens were using her to impart the information they wanted imparted at this time to Wendell for purposes of the alien agenda, I guess. And I have a feeling that a similar thing happened with Tom, that uh, he, from his point of view, he thought, this is my in into the real heart of this subject here. Uh, here's a person that you know has been on the alien examination tables. She's in contact with the aliens mentally, telepathically, they're trying to convey something through her to me, that being Tom Adams. Perfect girl to marry. <laughs> Jesus. And then, you know, they're, they're more rather unkind uh, analysis of these, uh, you know, calling her a UFO groupie, uh, moving from one well-known researcher to another well-known researcher and uh, uh, having personal problems of, I'm not sure what nature, but mostly related to her supposed abductions. She was apparently first abducted, she says, in 1972. And then shortly thereafter, she was uh, found to be pregnant. And she, and Wendell, as Wendell tells it, that she claims she had absolutely no sexual contact during any of that time that could possibly have explained how she became pregnant. She miscarried the, the baby and then she was abducted uh, at least three more times in which apparently the aliens were trying to impregnate her again and were adjusting her hormones and uh, trying to get her to be some sort of breeding stock. And she was in communication with this, this entity, her, her guide, Mai Jean, who was a Palladian. It sounds uh, more like some kind of game, but I don't want to get into that. Well, we've, yeah. we've got David Perkins with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Hi, this is Larry Smith. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. When the cleaners ruined some special clothing, all they could do was show us a sign that said they weren't responsible. But when they got the letter from one of our Legal Shield attorneys, he promptly gave us a check for $1,152. Worry less and live more with lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com or call 855-340-SAVE. That's 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. 
1-800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. It's time to build your own emergency food stockpile with the industry leader, My Patriot Supply. Once you try them, you'll know why so many Americans like you have made them part of their emergency preparedness plan. Experience the My Patriot Supply difference today with this unbelievable offer. Right now, a four-week food supply is only $99, and that includes free shipping. That's 50% off the online price. Call 800-274-3070 to claim yours. Limit two per caller while supplies last. This offer isn't available online, so you want to make sure and grab this opportunity to get prepared today. 800-274-3070 to get your four-week food supply for the incredible price of only $99, and it'll be shipped to you completely free. Call 800-274-3070 right now. That's 800-274-3070 to claim yours while supplies last. Don't wait. Call today. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Well, it sounds like Chris is being abducted as we speak. <laughs> I was looking up Krista Tilton as we talked. Is she still alive? I believe so, according to what I can gather from... I haven't tried to make contact with her. Uh, uh, my understanding is she's still alive, living in Tucson. But just, just to go a little further about how Tom got into the weeds pretty far here. Well, this uh, is the abduction weeds, which can get to be pretty strange. Oh, yeah. So, but if, you know, I, I'm trying to put myself in his mind. And, and you, plus, you've got this romantic relationship brewing in the middle of everything else, which uh, has been known to alter your perceptions, one's perceptions about things, and uh, there's a lot of emotional uplift and downdraft in those kind of situations. So, but Tom, I could see him thinking like, this woman is in contact with aliens. This is it, you know? And then Krista had this whole tale about how she had a government minder. Uh, I can't remember what his name was supposed to be. Uh, Wallace, I believe. John Wallace uh, from Nellis Air Force Base. And he was in charge of like following her around to her lectures and supposedly had her mind controlled. Now, this is where it gets really murky, you know. So what, where Tom got in real trouble was Krista and Tom and this guy Wallace, apparently, had came up with this plan to see how a rumor spread in the UFO community, which is, doesn't really sound like Tom's style at all, but he got sucked into it. And so they came up with this idea, this thing that's like, after Krista left Wendell, uh, she, you know, eloped or something with this guy, John Wallace, who took her under his wing. And she was to be the government star abductee as they filtered this information out about the alien presence. Uh, and it was going to come through her and be, you know, the government was going to direct how it was disseminated to the public. And Wallace was her minder. Uh, so... They concocted this story, put it into the UFO research community treadmill, and uh, uh, to see where it would go and who would take what side, who would believe it, who wouldn't believe it, who would add on to it. Some sort of sociological experiment or what. I, I don't see the logic of it myself. But it really backfired on them. 
and they got an enormous amount of grief. Well, at least Tom and Krista did. I don't know this Wallace, but I don't know what his story was. But uh, after that, uh, some serious researchers I was just reading were saying, after this fiasco, I will never believe a word Tom Adams says again. This is ridiculous. You know, playing with people, toying with this kind of stuff. It never went back on her original claims that she was the chosen one, basically. My John or whoever to convey the alien agenda to the world, and the government was going to filter how that agenda uh, came out of her and into the public consciousness. So, And, and this is all post-communion, right? Post-witness, yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah, I had a feeling it was. It was. So, uh, so you, you see how things started getting kind of murky and messy here. Tom had, uh, you know, was playing along with this. I don't think it was his idea, but he... he went with it, you know, and I think that was another, once he and Krista had divorced, and uh, she'd gone her way, he maybe had time to ponder his involvement with all that, and was profoundly embarrassed. So, well, I, I noticed a real uh, shift in tone in his publication, Crux, which was at about this time folded into Stigmata. All of a sudden, they're talking about channeling this, and yeah, yeah. a lot of new age kind of head-scratching stuff that was really uh, very surprising to me. When I was over at your house researching, going through all those uh, copies of Stigmata and Crux, when I got to the end of them, I, I noticed that there's you can really see the influence of, of Krista in there with a, a whole kind of new age, sort of suspend your disbelief uh, even sort of tone to it. And right. his work kind of fizzled out at that point. True. Yeah, this is true. And... Uh so it was. It's part of the ongoing Wendell Stevens saga. And by the way, even though it's generally acknowledged uh, everywhere I read that they, Krista and Wendell, were married, I can find no evidence of that whatsoever. And I've got really good ways of going after public records. You know, same way I got Tom and Krista's marriage and divorce records. Uh, and I can find absolutely no evidence that Wendell and Krista were ever married. None. So that could have been a total fabrication on her part. I don't know why. Maybe she was some sort of agent provocateur taking people out of their game and stuff. Maybe she was tasked to do this. Well, now there, there's another interesting theory, isn't it? It sure, it sure muddied the waters in ufology. And, and from some people, the per, people's points of view, I suppose, if you were in the government, there might be uh, every reason to make ufology as murky as possible. I mean, from their point of view, you could think, okay... Uh, we've worked on this for 50 years and we still have no idea what it is. Uh, it bugs us. The public expects answers. So let's just make the ufologists look like a bunch of fools and we'll throw all this stuff in. I actually think this has happened. Uh, it would be to their advantage to make everybody in ufology look like freaking idiots and to thoroughly follow the waters for any kind of serious research. Uh, because uh, that way you can just say, well, it's a bunch of deluded idiots. We don't take it seriously, you know. Just from a sociological government uh, point of view, I could totally see the logic of doing that. And whether she was the perfect vehicle for that, maybe so. Well, then how do you find the real stuff in these fields? There's so much of these shenanigans going on. Well, that's that's where Chris is really good, because, uh, you know, you read those books, and he he beat the pavement. He is a gumshoe. He went out there and said, I'm not going to take your word for it. I'm not even going to take the newspaper's word for it. I'm going to go talk to these people. I'm going to get the interview. I'm going to publish it. 
so he's separating the wheat from the chaff there, and uh, I've I've tried to do the same. That uh, you know, you just boy, once you get caught in this maelstrom, maelstrom of uh, swirling craziness, it really kind of absorbs you. And uh, uh, and if you have any predilection toward any of these theories, you know, confirmation bias type stuff, then you're go, you'll go down that road, and then you'll go down the next road, and hit another dead end or enter another labyrinth. And it's just, you know, almost purposely designed to confound. Are you implying that's deliberate or just an accident? Of I think the kind the of thing of we're in? Is, I think part of that is deliberate. I do. Yeah. And I think there's a part that's totally built into the scenario. Just, just but the subject matter kind of generates that, that sort of confounding. It does. And that, that's where you, it's hard to separate those two. You're right. Because it, uh, the the trickster, for instance, uh, this is you know trickster tactics. Uh, if you're looking at the phenomenon as you know possibly is you know some sort of uh, modern day version of trickster mythology, then the trickster is always doing pranks and always trying to mislead you and confound you and confuse you and turn the social order upside down. And uh, that's the role of the trickster. So, that, like you say, that's that's built into the phenomenon, and then you've got this other side, which is you know people interested in societal control uh, for the obvious reasons that they you know want everything to be under control, law and order, national security, state, etc. It, it would be in their best interest to say, oh, there's nothing to see here. This is nonsense. It's a bunch of you know National Enquirer crap. And, uh, you know, these are superstitious, deluded, ignorant people. So you've got those two, two vectors basically moving in parallel. Yeah, very really, easy to marginalize somebody in this field if you yes, want. Exactly. That's the word. You know, we've got a lot to talk about here, about the work of Tom Adams and the strange things he encountered, which obviously impacted our cast and crew here. We also should tell you about the impact of our other radio show after the Paracast. You can learn more about it just by going to plus.theparacast.com. That's plus.theparacast.com. And you can sign up right there for five bucks a month, 50 a year, 175 for five years. You get after the Paracast, the enhanced version of the Paracast to download and a free copy of Chris O'Brien's Talking of the Tricksters, which is influencing some of our conversation here today. And that's for people who subscribe to one year or more, plus.theparacast.com. David Perkins joins Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to A2Hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, A2Hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 
365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30% while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should too. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. There's a man named Dr. Joel Wallach who is anything but your typical doctor, both a veterinarian and naturopathic physician. Doc asks, why does the United States spend more money on health care by far and still rank 50th in health and longevity worldwide? He believes that people should empower themselves with a basic understanding of nutrition, take charge of their health, and attain optimal health and longevity through nutrition, not by toxic prescription drugs that lead to side effects and more toxic prescription drugs. Doc Wallach's message is resonating with an increasing number of Americans who are waking up to all the big government, big pharma, and big insurance manipulation of our health care system. I'm George Norrie, and I like what Doc Wallach is saying and doing to enlighten people about health care. Visit brightsideben.com and listen to Doc Wallach's Deadly Recipes lecture. It makes a lot of sense, and I urge you to join the Brightside Ben team. Go to brightsideben.com. That's brightsideben.com. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. The subject is Tom Adams, one of the unsung heroes of UFO research. Today, if you look for a magazine called Stigmata, you find something in the Russian language. Mm. Really, I looked it up. Are there any copies at all anywhere that one can find? Boy, they're they're hard to come by. They're really hard to come by. David you know has what? a complete set. 
Neil no, Pajams has a complete set in, in uh, Holland. I, I feel now compelled uh, that you know that uh, since I was entrusted with getting this stuff out by Tom, that uh, some, somehow I've got to get it all under one cover and get it out. Maybe with no editorial comment or anything about it. It's just okay. Here it is. Here's what he published. It's all here. So I, I, I'm I'm feeling very very pressured, compelled, whatever to, to go ahead and get that out because yeah. uh, I think there is a new wave of interest in his work that he's yeah. got. Well, uh, you know what, Tom's. I, I think Tom's real uh, notoriety, if if you could even call uh, Tom Adams having notoriety. But one of the things that I think most people out there who are aware of Tom, they're aware of him because of his work on the mystery helicopters. He did produce a very, very interesting and I think very important uh, small publication called The Choppers and the Choppers, which is a listing of over 300 documented helicopter reports in and around mutilation sites. And it was invaluable for me uh, in you know, all my books, uh, there were San Luis Valley reports that I included in my San Luis Valley books. There were just countless hundreds that um, many of them were re- referred to in Stalking the Herd. And I think that one particular subject held a particular fascination for Tom. I think he really, truly felt that there was a smoking gun connection between the mystery helicopters and and the mutilation uh, cases that were blistering the country all through the 70s, uh, except for 72, and in you know up to this day, uh, David just fielded a report that we'll talk about in a little bit from last week in Werfano. But I do think, and, and David, if you'll comment on this, I do think that, that that particular body of work probably is how most people who've heard of Tom would probably have heard of him about. I totally agree, Chris, and we've discussed this at length, but... Uh... Tom early on got onto the helicopters as part of whatever the mutilation phenomenon was, and very astutely. You know, I don't know. I, I, I saw it because of the Colorado cases involved a lot of helicopters in the fall of 75. But Tom said, oh, this is really, really significant. Uh, and of course, mixed in with those helicopters were numerous you, classic UFO saucer sightings, so... Uh, Really mixed, you know, mixed mixed it up there pretty good. But Tom said, "I'm just going to focus on this helicopter. I want to do this report." And he prepared a, his initial, I guess, prototype uh, report. He submitted at Senator Schmidt's conference in April '79 in Albuquerque because it was an audience of lawmen, basically, and uh, others assorted. But uh, this is where he laid it out and said, I, I, "Here's what I have." I have 200 documented cases of helicopters uh, in close proximity uh, before and after these mutilation events. Uh, This is highly significant. Oddly enough, no no helicopter was ever observed directly in uh, conjunction with a mutilation, like with a cow hanging from below it or anything like that. But the timing of these things is case after case after case. And here's the helicopter, was there the, the day before, and helicopter was heard that night, and helicopter was seen that you know, the next morning. What are these helicopters? Are they, you know, he, Tom had several theories. It's like either the government was using the helicopters to do the mutilations, or that the mutilations were being observed by the government in these helicopters, trying to monitor what the event was, but they weren't actually doing it. This is another train of thought. 
Or Linda's theory. Uh, yeah, or Linda's, well, she's uh, cites some cases where observers saw what appeared to be a UFO saucer-type craft morph into a helicopter and then morph back into a craft, which, you know, is not absurd on the face of it because uh, I think one point of view that I look at it is like a lot of these events, I, I don't even call them mutilations, I call them manifestations, you know, <laughs> or materializations. Uh, it's, a, it's a line of thought that I've been following that... Uh, puts uh, the mutilations more in the realm of the supernatural, basically. You know, it's kind of funny to me that, uh, okay, so Tom comes up with all the helicopter stuff, and he keeps adding on to it over the years. And, and as you know, Chris, we, we relied on it really heavily uh, in those sections of stalking the herd and piecing together stuff that happened in the early days back in Missouri, Iowa, Illinois, where the helicopters were rustling things and then it turned to mutilations and it, it was really very interesting research we were doing there and it was all new stuff that hadn't been put together before and that was all basically coming from Tom his original poking into that stuff but I, th I find it kind of funny that uh, in pop culture now you hear it with the pundits on TV talking about political stuff and they, they make this casual reference to like well uh, this or that would appear to the black helicopter crowd and so that is, you know, a pejorative, obviously. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, if they only knew that uh, there is this black helicopter aspect to our society and our conspiratorial thinking about other stuff, generally the black helicopter crowd now is referred to people that think that the black helicopters are the UN, you know, New World Order enforcers and that kind of thing. It's not really paranormal. But uh, it's, you know, definitely conspiracy theory. But well, uh, in terms uh, of our pursuit of the mutilations and whatnot, uh, it's, it's a definite factor. And over time, I see it as a larger and larger factor. And Tom recognized that immediately and ran with it, to his credit. Yeah. We had Kevin Randall on the show. Uh, we just had him on the show. It was our last show. But we had him on a few months back. And, of course, Kevin is a helicopter pilot. And... Uh, served in Iraq, was in Vietnam. I tried to um, talk about his involvement with uh, Alan Hynek and Jerry Clark early on in 71, monitoring some of the, the hog and cattle rustling that was going on. And, and, and then I tried, I asked him, I said, well, where, where did this whole meme of the black helicopter, where, where did it begin? Who, you know, who was behind that? And he goes, I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Boy, he set me back in my chair. I, I was thinking to myself, me? <laughs> no. Oh, you did it for sure. Yeah, it's all me. Yeah, I arrived in 93. The black helicopter meme was 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 already going strong. You were of operating course, in secret, that's all. <laughs> well, I, I got a call once from Jim Keith, of all people, who wrote Black Helicopters Over America. And I, you know, this is early on in my investigative uh, process back in the uh, late I think the fall of, of, of 93. And, and he says, I'm going to be, you know, in your area. Uh, are you going to be available in such and such a, a time on such and such a day? I said, yeah, I'll make myself available. So I waited for his call and I got a call and he goes, okay, we're going to meet. And I said, okay, where? And he goes, you know, the Safeway in Monta Vista. I said, yeah, he says, we're going to meet in the Northeast corner. A Safeway. You know what? There's a Safeway <laughs> right here. I should go there and look for a black helicopter. 
We have David Perkins with Gene and Chris. You're in the Pillarcast. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Positive results from satisfied customers of Heart and Body Extract continue to pour into our website, hbextract.com. This is Al from New Jersey. One day I saw your ad for Heart and Body Extract, and it mentioned that it would help me with angina, so I decided to order. I figure I had nothing to lose. Heart and Body Extract supplies your body with everything it needs to balance itself and maintain optimal heart and circulatory health with no negative side effects. I took the formula three times a day as directed, and I kid you not, within four days, my angina pain was completely gone. Order HB Extract by calling 866-295-5305 or online at hbextract.com. That's 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. I could not believe it actually stopped the pain. Heart and Body Extract actually works. This is just an amazing product. Even the numbness in my hands is completely gone. Heart and Body Extract for a long and healthy life. Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter how serious or trivial. For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, LegalShield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Results will vary from case to case. Attention taxpayers, if you've received a notice from the IRS or state, do not ignore it. It's also a big mistake to try and handle your tax problem on your own. If you owe back taxes, it's a fact that the government has the power to take everything you own, including your home, business, wages, savings, and your freedom. But here's the good news. There's a special toll-free tax hotline set up especially for you. This tax hotline will tell you about new programs that are geared to help you dramatically settle, reduce, or eliminate what you owe. But you have to call now. Take down this number or put it in your cell phone. But call 877-345-7645. That's 877 877- 
1-800-345-7645. When you call, you get free information on how you can reduce or eliminate back taxes, including penalties and interest. You can also be helped if you have unfiled returns, a tax lien, wage garnishment, bank levy, or if you have been entered into a payment plan but can't make the payments. Don't make the big mistake in thinking you can ignore or handle your tax problem on your own. You can stop the collection process immediately at 1-877-345-7645. That's 1-877-345-7645. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future. And you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Call it the black helicopter cast or something. You know, seriously speaking, they also use the pejorative ET believers for people interested in UFOs. Okay, so a safe way, Chris O'Brien, you're going to meet this person? Tell me more. Yeah, it, it, it seemed it was the only time I've ever had somebody, uh, you know, wait to the last minute to set up an actual place to meet. And I've never met anybody in a particular corner of a parking lot before. I felt it was highly conspiratorial. Uh, it seemed paranoid. I asked him, you know, why the heck are we meeting here? And he goes, so we can't be overheard. I'm doing important work. You know, at the time, I don't even think he had a working title for the book. But I, I think I am actually mentioned in there somewhere i i had had a number of helicopter reports that i had dug into and talked about a little bit in my own writing in some of my early articles and so he wanted to get more information about that and i it's been years since i read the book i, I do think i'm included in there somewhere but you can't kevin you can't lay that all on me i i actually was reported as a black helicopter once i was in a two-man dark purple helicopter and the pilot let me fly it from Monta Vista, coincidentally, all the way back 60 miles to Crestone. And and at one point, I dove down and got real close to a herd of cattle. And evidently, the rancher reported me. And the sheriff and a deputy tried to chase the helicopter down. And because they had to do the zigzag roads out there, they couldn't keep up. And the next day in the Rocky Mountain News, somebody uh, said, oh, you got to get the paper. There was a black helicopter in the San Luis Valley yesterday. And, and the description is of a of a strange, mysterious helicopter that was harassing a herd of cows <laughs> near Monta Vista. And I realized, oh, oh my God, that was me. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you oh, made funny. the news. Don't you feel proud of yourself? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mystery helicopter harasses herd in San Luis Valley. It's, oh, my God. You remember that, David? Yeah, that's too good. That yeah. good. <laughs> it was a two-man purple, dark purple helicopter, which I guess looked black when you looked up at it, at, you know, from down below with a blue sky behind it. But, yeah, this guy, it was Rocky Roads, man. He came down and, you know, rented a helicopter for the day, and I got to fly all around the San Luis Valley and videotape. It was, oh, it was just a, just a wonderful day. It, it just, but I, I just find it so ironic and, and highly humorous that, mm. that I should be... Uh, <laughs> Fingered as a, as one of those mystery black helicopters right. harassing cattle herds. You know, I'm surprised. I'm glad the guy didn't start firing at us. Oh, that's all you need. Then they make a story. <laughs> we have cases uh, from several states where helicopters took fire, returned fire, and in one case, a team on the ground started firing at the rancher as well as the helicopter in the air. So, the San Luis Valley, two uh, deputies and a sheriff almost brought one down. They said it was starting to smoke and. The engine sound, sounded clanking, and and according to the sheriff, uh, 
he would be surprised if that helicopter made it back to Fort Carson because <laughs> they, they literally tried to bring it down with gunfire. Oh, well, helicopters. Mm, some fun there. Yeah. Well, Tom, again, was the one that really alerted me to always be on the lookout for any sort of unusual aerial activity, be it conventional or otherwise. And and as far as this whole thing about helicopters morphing into uh, UFOs, I've got footage from the San Luis Valley uh, camera project, some of the early footage that we got a number of years back, where you see a helicopter enter on the right side of the screen, and that canopy is illuminated by the sun at just the right angle, and it turns into a silver ball that scoots across the screen. If I had taken out the first second or two of the footage and then presented that, that would have been widely heralded as a um, an amazing daylight uh, silver you know, orb sighting um, because of the way the sun bloomed off the canopy. So appearances can be deceiving uh, unless unless we really have you know, really good optics on something, especially multiple uh, camera angles. There's no way that you're going to be able to determine much of anything if you're uh, filming, even in daylight with something within five miles away from you. It's, it's, it, light can do so many uh, strange things, especially on the curved canopy of a helicopter. Do you think there's something supernatural here? In terms of the, the mutilation phenomenon? In terms of the helicopters. I don't. Uh, Occam's razor. Uh, I think the simplest explanation uh, is the one that uh, I tend to go with. Prop wash, um, sound of engines, even silent helicopters, uh, whipping trees around with the, with the prop wash. Th- these are mechanical devices, uh, especially if they start firing back at you with, uh, with small arms fire. Uh, aliens don't have a habit of, of doing that, to my knowledge, using small lead projectiles projected at... Uh, Fast velocities. Uh, it's just not something that I equate. I think it's apples and oranges. Therefore, ET does can... not have a Second Amendment. What doesn't have? ET. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm sure they have like exotic, you know, particle beam weapons and you know, photon co- torpedoes, and you, you know, they've they've got to have something a little bit more um, developed and high tech than than your regular regular thirty out six, you know. And flying around in normal helicopters and abducting people and using very primitive instruments to engage in their various medical testing. Well, evidently, you know, with these implants, they don't have nanotech because they're leaving these large objects in people, supposedly, when all you could need it to do is just to insert a stream of nanoparticles that could be self-organized and, and give you as much information as you want, even with our level of technology. So I don't know. It, it just so much of it just, as David brought up earlier, it just has this this real veneer of theatricality that permeates every aspect of this. And I think people oftentimes take things at face value and then assume certain explanations. With just a little bit of digging, a little bit of analysis, I, I think the, the average healthily skeptical person is going to be able to see that, um, you know, the high strange explanation oftentimes is really doesn't fit. And uh, I think when it comes to the helicopters, we've had enough quality sightings by ex-Air Force guys that worked on helicopters, uh, law enforcement individuals who've been around helicopters a lot, ex-military types, ex-pilots. We have too many good reports of helicopter activity from what you would think would be, you know, highly informed and highly observant uh, witnesses who know who know what they're looking at. You know, if someone like that tells me, yeah, we had this helicopter 
spotlighting the ground. Or in the case of last summer's cases in the Werfano, there was, what, five of them, if I remember correctly, right, uh, David. You know, there's too much consistency uh, when you look at helicopter reports in conjunction with mutilation sites. There's, there's a lot of really good smoking gun evidence to tie those two seemingly uh, divergent phenomena together at the hip. And uh, UFOs masquerading as helicopters, that would be pretty low down on my, my list of probable suspects. You know, there's a very unusual thread in our forums at forum.theparacast.com. And we have someone who posted a message under the title, The Matrix. I guess you saw this, Chris. Or maybe you didn't. He's talking sure, about... Is this a new, a new thread? If it's a new thread, no, I haven't. Okay, it was posted last night. No, I haven't seen it. Okay. Where he says, folks are telling accounts of what they witness and the jerky, quick, and erratic, fast movements described. And he said, it finally hit me, cursor movements by a computer programmer in <laughs> tech. Therefore, we're seeing something here that represents a matrix reality, and that's what UFOs are. It's a cursor, moving cursors in our skies, I guess. Yeah, that's got a nice ring to it. Doesn't it? I mean, it's something that that. hit me and saying, you know what? This is interesting. Maybe we're all creating UFOs then. As we use our personal computers, we're creating weird things in the sky. Or somebody is looking at a giant computer and generating this reality for us, for our benefit. And that starts a whole lineup of discussion because this thread, by the way, it's called The Matrix at forum.theparacast.com. It started with, I guess, an innocent message, but there are some very interesting responses that I think our listeners should check out. Don't dismiss this unless, you know, maybe you do believe in physical UFOs, but look at all the alternatives. Yeah. That's why I really like our listenership and our, our forum posters. They're so creative and so they're always thinking. It's a constant uh, source of inspiration. we got to think about breaking. With Gene and Chris and David Perkins, you're in the Paracast. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. 
Hi, this is Sophie Winnick, longtime distributor and user of Longevity products. In the last few years, my family went through a crisis. Everything else in my life, including my business, had to be put on the back burner. Thankfully, life is getting back to normal now. But the one thing I never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission. I've been a distributor for Longevity for over 17 years, since before it was Longevity. And I've got to say, the most amazing thing about this company is the people. While my family was in crisis, other distributors stepped in and helped my customers simply because that's what longevity people do, even for people they don't know. For me, it has never been about getting rich. It was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have longevity. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE, 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. You're fired. According to the Small Business Administration, 75% of small businesses plan to eliminate jobs or reduce workers' hours to part-time. You're fired. According to Gallup, the unemployment rate recently jumped to nearly 9%, and the underemployment rate hit a staggering 17.9%. You're fired. One out of three young adults and one out of two recent college graduates are underemployed. Hello, I'm Keith Abel, a pharmacist and a home business entrepreneur. In 2011, I became one of those statistics myself. Instead of looking for another job in corporate America, I joined Dr. Joel Wallet, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. We're creating steady incomes for ourselves and would like to show you how to do the same. If you want to supplement your current income, replace your income, so you don't have to become one of the statistics, then give me a call toll-free at 866-257-3105. 866-257-3105. You're fired. Don't wait till you hear those words. Start creating an extra income today. 866-257-3105. Hi, this is nuclear physicist lecturer Stanton Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. With Gene and Chris, we have David Perkins talking about the work of Tom Adams and how it's influenced a lot of our discussions. In our previous segment, I brought out this unusual forum thread at forum.theparacast.com about UFOs representing some kind of matrix-like phenomenon. But there are a lot of fascinating cases that we just barely scratched the surface on. And I gather you, David Perkins, have another case, a new case to talk about. This is true. Um, Fall, last August, September, uh, there were, I believe, eight 
animals that were supposedly mutilated up in Colorado and Werpano County, where I have a house up there. And I always find that a little odd. They, things up there always seem to happen when I'm in Santa Fe, oddly enough. But they're right there at my front doorstep up there. So it's almost like somebody's sending me a message or what here. I mean, you know, probably coincidence. But there aren't that many mutilations these days anyway. I did cover that uh, those cases up there in an investigative series for the local newspaper. Just wrote it up as straight journalism. A lot of helicopter activity, a little bit of saucer activity, lasers on the ground, uh, all kinds of things that were quite an interesting case, very involved. And I must interrupt, David, and mention to our listeners that the uh, two articles that he wrote Won the best uh, story of the year from the Colorado Press Association well, for a weekly uh, newspaper uh, for a series. Yeah, it was called Investigative Package. was the official award. Best inve- Investigative Package. Anyway, I just wrote it up as straight journalism. And, uh, yeah, I won that award. That was fantastic. I thought that was kind of interesting that the Colorado Press Association would even recognize mutilations as a legitimate something to investigate. I thought that was significant in its own way. So, okay, we had the cases up there August, early September of last year. Uh, Just uh, in the last few days, I had a report of another mutilation up there in Werfano County, about very close to the interstate, 200 yards at most, Interstate 25. Oddly enough, right under a a camera that (laughs) that photographs the interstate for weather purposes so you can get on, online and go there and see what's going on in the interstate. The camera, of course, didn't you know, wasn't trained on the area where the mutilation was. It was a, uh, a six-week-old uh, black Angus calf. It just had been castrated the week before and branded. It's like one of those cases that Chris and I call equivocal. The photos I've seen, I rounded up everybody's photos. And uh, uh, the ranch owner, who's a friend of mine, uh, strangely enough, uh, so it looked uh, like uh, there was some predator action on it, to, at, at the least. But there are also a few things about it that didn't seem uh, quite normal. From my eye, I, uh, the rectum cut uh, is a circular cut around the rectum area of a lot of these animals. It's kind of what we call classic. And it looked to be very smooth and uh, precise. But as Chris and I know, that can be also the result of birds that can make a, something that look like that. Uh, the one other little item, there's, a, there's a, about a four-foot uh, diameter circle a few feet from the cow where something looked like it had been impressed into the dirt there. You know, this is, again, who knows. But there didn't seem to be any other tracks or predator tracks or human tracks or tire prints or anything else. And, and uh, like I say, this rancher... He's been in the ranching business all his life. He's an old-timer. He's seen everything. He knows what predators can do. And I asked him over and over, is, it, is there any possibility this could be predators? I mean, he said, nope, I've never seen anything like this in my life. And so you've you got to weigh that in. These guys, uh, that's how they make their living. You know, they kind of know these things. And I put a lot of faith in their observations. Uh, but then again, he. this is not all that far from where the stuff happened last summer. So that was another indication that maybe they were related. Then uh, just yesterday, I got a report that there had been another mutilation very close to where the last summer's activity took place. 
uh, that happened apparently three weeks ago and it just now came to light, which would have put it back around Easter, I guess. Uh, so that was one that the sheriff's department apparently didn't file an actual report on. They just, the deputy went out there and looked at it and went, yeah, I don't know. Uh, they didn't file a report. The, the one that happened last week, uh, there was a sheriff's report, brand inspector, everybody went out and looked at it. They're making their evaluations on it now. Did you find out anything more about the laser? Because I remember yeah. the same pasture last August where the eight animals were discovered. The prior March, there had been a report to the FAA about somebody uh, painting uh, airplanes with a laser from that exact location. Well, now, you mentioned true. something when you talked to me earlier yeah. about uh, this that, case about a laser. Did you find that, out anything that, more? No, that didn't pan out. Uh, I, I tracked it back, and they had mistaken there was a second party uh, report and they had mistaken the laser incident with the current one, but it wasn't as far as I could figure. But the one that you're referring to was ex- exceedingly strange because what are the odds that you have this cluster of eight mutilations? And the previous spring, uh, the FAA had several reports of somebody shining lasers at airlines flying over, uh, which is, you know, we've seen, you would have thought that would have made the news. It's kind of a big deal. But, the, you know, the GPS coordinates of where that laser was coming from happened to be where the mutilations were found, you know, a few months later. So I just can't think of a scenario that makes sense with any of that. We're talking on. really remote, BF yeah. nowhere type locations here. We're not talking about some suburban area. Right. I mean, this is miles and miles of, of pasture land, uh, very few trees. No places to hide, uh, very few roads. And what roads are there are usually, uh, you know, ranch roads that have gates and locks on them. Yeah, so this laser thing really, really intrigued me. And, and you, Chris, went after it with the FAA, and they were very unhelpful. And uh, uh, we could not get any further with it. But we do have the reports that the FAA said, called the sheriff's department, said, go out to this location and see what's going on. Somebody's shooting lasers at our airline pilots. On at least two, probably three occasions, from that exact spot where the mutilations were found the following August. I believe that the lasers were either March or April. But uh, so no lasers on these current cases. But uh, we have uh, something that at least the rancher thinks is unusual. I'm fifty-fifty on it. I have the circle. I don't know what could have created that circle, and nobody has any good idea what created the four-foot circle. Uh, I should add that the, these four-foot circles were seen in conjunction with another mutilation in Wherefano County, several of them actually, a few years back in the La Vida area. Guy said it looked like a tractor tire had been, you know, impressed, and it was into the pretty deep grass. Same four-foot circle, basically. So we got that. We got what looks like smooth cutting on the rectum area. Uh, we've got a mangled cow. From what the deputy said, at least, nobody else seems to have looked in the mouth of this animal, but... When the deputy, Clint Bowler, went out there, he pried the mouth open and looked in there and said, yep, they got the tongue. It's cut straight across in the back with a straight cut. There you go, folks. Clear indication that the cattle mutilation scenario has not ended yet. David Perkins, can you tell listeners what you're working on and where they can find more of your work, perhaps? Well, why don't they just go on that Google machine there and punch it up? And plus, read all Chris O'Brien's books. I, I, a lot of my stuff goes into his uh, prefaces and forewords and main body of the work. We work on those things together a lot. It's there. Uh, it's findable. And yeah, sure, go look it up. As you see, folks, just recalling what Tom Adams did for everyone, 
gets you into a rich area of UFO and paranormal-related research. You can find us on Twitter. We're known as The Paracast. Look for The Paracast on Twitter. Look for two Paracast fan clubs on Facebook. And some people have been written to me, said, well, it's very easy to merge them. Yes, you can merge them, but you kill the content with one of them. We have that second radio show after the Paracast. Go to plus.theparacast.com, P-L-U-S.theparacast.com to learn how to subscribe to Paracast Plus and download that new radio show plus the enhanced version of this show. If you subscribe for one year or more, you will get a free copy of Chris O'Brien's Stalking the Tricksters, the ebook version. And by the way, if you go to Chris's site, OurStrangePlanet.com, you can make a donation there to the San Luis Valley Camera Project, and Chris will be posting updates real soon now. We've been remembering the exciting work over the years from Tom Adams and how he influenced a whole generation of UFO and paranormal researchers. David Perkins, thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you, Gene. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, thanks, Izzy. Appreciate it. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in... The Paracast.